Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Money with me, Mary Holm. Thanks for taking just a few minutes to listen in while Jesse Mulligan and I talk through some useful ideas about how to make your money work better for you. Just remember though, this is guidance. Final decisions are up to you. Over to Jesse. Let's talk money. The magnificent Mary Holm joined us in the Auckland studio. Hello. Hello, Jesse. You've got an interesting topic today. Yeah, it was. It came out of a a um, meeting of a group called Women in Super. I'm not in the group, but I go along sometimes, and they were discussing how to get women more interested in investing. And you and I actually back in May talked about the difference between male and female investing and things like that men tend to take more risk and they tend to trade their investments more frequently and sometimes you know women can quite often end up doing better but but they do don't take enough risk um but men do trade more often than is good for them mm. but this is a bit different because this has come out of concern in many quarters but including in the financial markets authority and by the way, I'm on the board there, but mm. that's got got nothing to do with me choosing this topic today. Mm. Um, they are concerned that women are just not that involved, not that interested in investing, perhaps a bit scared, don't quite know how to do it. And um, Gillian Boys at the FMA was presenting a session on how to get women more interested in investing, and I thought there were a lot of ideas there that would be worth talking to you about. Um, yes, please. Yeah. That would be great. So, And by the way, if you want to take part in this conversation, 2101 is the text number or jesse at radionz.co.nz. Um, we should probably address um, inevitable criticisms. We'll get that you're being sexist, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. So what would you and like to say about that? Just that. Um, I'm, in a minute, I'm going to tell you some of the results of the research that the Financial Markets Authority did on investing and the and the significant differences they found between the way men and women do invest. And so uh, I don't think it's necessarily sexist if you're pointing out what's actually really happening out there. You're being descriptive, to. not prescriptive. That, I like that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I learned that in social moral philosophy in 1993 at Waikato Uni. I've used it many times since. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very impressive. Lots of long words. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. like long words. That's how you know someone's smart because they use lots of long That's words. That's right, yeah. yes. And I think all the, when it glancing down here, nearly all of mine are single syllable, but never mind. Um, what what um, Gillian started out, from, from Gillian Boys from FMA, started out with some of the findings of the research that has been done by FMA and others. Um, in KiwiSaver, there are actually, actually slightly more women than men, but they're much more likely to be in the low-risk funds, mm. much less likely to be in growth or aggressive funds, which which is where the men are. And as a result, largely as, as a result of that, some ANZ research found that the women's balances were 28% lower than men's, which is quite significantly it lower. Is. And by, I mean, by you know, by the end of a saving life, that would be probably hundreds of thousands That's of dollars. That's right. Yeah, indeed. Indeed it would. And uh, partly it's simply because they are in lower risk funds, but um, the, the, there's, there's more to it than that. The, the FMA found that when they looked at people who don't know what sort of fund they're in, it was 10% of men but 21% of women. So twice as many women as men weren't aware of what fund they were in. And the men are more likely to 
read the annual statement, to have compared their scheme with other schemes, to have checked on whether whether they're on track to meet their retirement savings goals. Um, and men were also more knowledgeable and more confident about investing. They were they knew how to use investor materials more than women did. They they knew what the FMA is, the Financial Markets Authority, which is an interesting one. You think, oh, well, who cares? It doesn't matter whether people know who they are or not. But the reason I think it does matter is that the FMA was created in 2011 to boost people's confidence in investing and in the capital markets and the share markets and, and, and KiwiSaver and financial advice and mm. all the rest of that. And... Part of that, boosting that confidence, because because they had found that a lot of New Zealanders were just too scared and put all their money in bank savings accounts and bank term deposits, mm-hmm. and that was that. And that isn't the best thing for people to do. Nor for our so economy, probably. That's right. It's not good for individuals or the economy as a whole. And so, um, the you know, the, as I say, it doesn't really matter if people don't know who the FMA is, but it's, it is good if people know there is some government body there doing work that um, and that makes and enables us to be more confident about our investing and about who we're going to advise for and, and, and just, all of that. just to pick up that earlier point so you, you, you know you said a couple of things that women are more likely to be in conservative funds yes and that they are less likely to know what fund they're in and I, I suppose those facts together are quite uh, crucial because fine if you know everything about where you're at and why you're doing it. Yeah. Fine if you're conservative and so you've chosen a conservative fund or you've decided that you can't ha- handle the volatility of a higher risk fund. But yeah. but but if you're in a conservative fund and you don't know that you're in a conservative fund, well that's a problem, right? Because you yeah. should yes. you should we, you, you should you should be making the choice. We really do want people to yes, to know what fund they're in and, and why they're in it. And, you know, as I've said many times, the KiwiSaver Fund Finder on the sorted website, if you just Google KiwiSaver Fund Finder, there's a little questionnaire that will help you work out what sort of fund you should be in. Side note, um, I had to um, give a telling off to my producer, who, who was a woman, um, <laughs> this week, because she said yes. to me, um, oh, you know, I think there's going to be a crash in the market, so I've switched my KiwiSaver from a uh, uh, from a growth fund to a conservative fund. And I said, yeah. I mean, you've been listening to Mary for the last yeah. three years on our show. <laughs> yes. You can't time the market. No, exactly. And, you know, so many people... That, and, and, you know, there is... Uh, there are a lot of people out there saying there's bad stuff to come because mm. we've had such a good long run for a long time. But, you know, we might... And sure enough, we might. It, there might be a crash... Tomorrow afternoon, you know, but there might it might not be. First of all, it might there might not be a crash. It might just things might just keep going fairly well, pretty steadily for quite a long time, or it might be two or three years off. In which case, if you move out now, you've missed out on some huge growth. Mm. It's just really not a good idea to try and do that. <laughs> you need to be um, there. There's certain like key days over a few years where you need to be in the market yeah. to get the benefit, and there's a good chance that you'll miss one of those days. That's right. You, yeah. and, 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 you know, where your money could have gone up a whole lot, it's really not a good idea. That's naughty. Um, no, it might <laughs> be a diff- bit different, I suppose, if you are looking to get a house deposit. I know this is not this week's topic, yeah. but maybe, you know, maybe you are starting to think, well, 
more careful in the next year or two about yes. using it, and then that would make sense, right? To go Absolutely, to yes. If you were thinking of yeah, taking the money out for a house, or if you're in retirement and taking the money out, yeah, you do want to be moving into lower risk at that mm. point. Other people who do move down risk like that when they're worried about the market, that's a sign that they really can't cope with volatility. They're, they're, they're um, psychologically not suited to it. And so I wouldn't say to someone, don't move down. I'd say if you do feel you want to move down now, stay down. Don't try and move back and forth as the markets go because those people, there's heaps of research to show they end up Worst of all. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. So, getting back to these men and women differences, there were a couple of other things that the researchers found. Men tend to understand more about investing, such as the importance of diversification and the trade off between risk and return. Um, this is not just in New Zealand, it's, it's, it's found sort of through the Western world. So, and men are also more inclined to be investing in shares, more inclined to be in a lot of different investments, whereas women are in, in cash. Um, Gillian from FMA talked about the price of certainty. In other words, women want to be more certain about returns and that on their money, but the price of that is that they're missing out on potential growth and they're not they're not getting as much protection from inflation. If they're investing in lower risk funds, then inflation's more likely to eat a fairly big hole in their returns, whereas in the higher risk funds, you've got more. When we were talking, we moved to talk on about why these differences were there. I mean, there's, there's obvious ones like women are more likely to not be employed right through. And although that's not happening as often with our prime minister and partner as an example, but mm-hmm. but still on average women are more likely to be taking time off to look after after children and they tend to be earning less. Um, they tend to be less in the in the chief jobs. Um, and Gillian Boyd said an interesting thing there. She said, in America there are more chief executives called John or David than there are chief executives with any female name. Mm. Isn't that interesting? So, yeah, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and speaking of um, of not being not having as much money to invest, can I just share this text with you? Because mm. I'd like you to answer it. Throwing the cat amongst the pigeons, guys. This is such an upper class discussion because <laughs> yes. us middle class can't even think about investing as most of our income goes on rent or mortgage. Yeah. Now, hopefully, that person is in KiwiSaver. And a lot of people in KiwiSaver don't count it as investing, but it is investing. And, and if that person's not in KiwiSaver, I would suggest they try really hard to be in it, even if they're just putting in 3% of their pay. I know that's easy for me to say. That, um, 3% is it's quite a lot, but it's not that much. It, if people sit down and look at and, and work through the numbers, it, it, it's... Um, for someone on the minimum wage, it's under twenty dollars a week. Mm-hmm. So it's not, and 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 obviously, if you're making double the minimum wage, it's about forty dollars a week. But it's not a heck of a lot when you think of it as an investment in your future. Um, so that would be my response to that. Yes, I don't expect people to be in other investments apart from KiwiSaver. Yeah, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's another one here, but maybe I'll you go on first. And I'll... Okay, there were there were a couple of other points that um, there's several points I want to make through here. But um, one of the women at the discussion was it was a Yesha Scott 
who is an AUT finance lecturer in finance, and she she told a couple of made a couple of interesting points. One was that she said that in their research they quite often use focus groups. And what she's noticed is she's a fairly young woman running a focus group with a whole lot of men and women of all ages in there. And she says if she's noticed that if there is an older, confident white man in the focus group, people will tend to refer questions to him rather than to Ayesha. And she says even if he's take it, saying, saying total nonsense, they can't help but defer to the older white man, mm. um, even over Ayesha, who has got a PhD in finance, you know. And, oh, my and, gosh. Yeah, she's just noticed that. We should get her um, on the show. She sounds like she'd be great. Yeah, yeah, mm. she would, actually. Yeah, she would. Um, another thing that she, she spoke about, Australian research on relationships, which found that women tend to show love and trust by deferring all financial decisions to the man. And that's the way they feel that they can show that they um, love and trust the man. And as she pointed out, people often end up divorced or the man dies. But I want to add to that, even if they don't get divorced and even if they both stay alive for a long, long time, the man doesn't necessarily know what he's talking about. You know, it's far better in a relationship for both the man and the woman to be savvy about finances and, and you know one of them can say to the other one hey maybe we should take a bit more risk maybe we should take a bit less risk mm. maybe we should just like any fine. any other issue right like yeah. parenting or what you're yeah. going to eat or where you're yes. going to travel or what sort of car to buy absolutely mm. yeah yeah why should if you both be... know something about it then you're more likely to nut yeah. it out together and work it out yeah and do something that you're both comfortable with mm. yes yeah and the, i mean one of the interesting points that was made there and 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 you and i've discussed it before is that once you get a woman going, they are often quite good investors. In, in fact, because they don't um, tend to trade as often, because they are more got a longer time horizon, they often set clear goals. Part of the trouble, they're inclined to get financial advice more than men. Part of the trouble was observed is that a lot of the advisors are older men. When we looked at some of the data on who is a financial advisor, they're largely male and they're largely older. And so, especially for younger women, they often might not relate. You know, there's nothing wrong with a younger woman going to an older man for financial advice, but a lot of people would prefer to get advice from someone who's a bit more like them. Um, Having said all that, I mean, women, as I say, can do better than men as investors because they've got more patience and all of that. It's just that we've got to get them confident enough to do that. And there were various suggestions made, but did you have something else you wanted to ask me first? Uh, or? Let, me, let me throw this one at you and, and yeah. see what you've got to say about it. Every time I go to the bank to renew my term deposit, the bank gets a representative to talk to me about investing through them instead. Uh, so I talk to an investment consultant, but I'm not willing to trust them in an area I have little knowledge or interest. That's from a woman. So I guess yes. that's kind of like a reason or a justification. She's got a rental property by the sounds of things, and she's happy yes. doing that rather than investing in companies which she doesn't know as much about. So that yeah. might be a specific example, but just a bit of feedback anyway. Yeah, no, it, it, it's interesting, though, that she doesn't feel she can trust them. And I think the banks have got a long way to go before... The, people do trust them because 
we all know that there's a lot of them out there um, where the pressure from the banks to get their employees to sign people up for these sort of funds. And so that woman, the suggestion that was being made to her might be really good for her, but it might be more that it's good for the teller or whoever she was, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and the banks have really got to clean up their act on that. Some of them are, I know, they're, they're moving to not incentivise their staff. In fact, I saw in the paper this morning, I think, that ANZ's made some steps in that direction and some of the other banks are as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, Jessie, could you ask Mary if the 3% KiwiSaver allocation she was talking about is net or gross? 3%, I'm not sure. You know, you were saying that uh, it would cost you 20 bucks if you're on minimum wage and you um, oh, put 3% yes. into KiwiSaver. Yeah, no, that that is gross. So it's 3% of your total pay. Okay. Yeah, yes. Um Moving on to how the gap might be closed so that women are investing more and investing more knowledgeably. Um, somebody said just moving into a growth fund, a KiwiSaver growth fund, provided, of course, that they don't plan to spend the money in the next 10 years on in retirement or on a home, then that in itself will help close the gap a lot and, and in how much money they end up with it in retirement. But they do have to have enough knowledge to cope with the ups and downs of that. Um, they need to learn, know how to learn about products and, and, you know, there's a lot of work being done on trying to teach women. One point somebody made is that women tend... I don't know whether this is research or just anecdotal, but they tend to be more interested in socially responsible investment than men. Um, yeah. Intuitively, that might be true, might it? They're not, they really want to be sure they avoid investing in a fund that has investments in gambling products, pornography, armaments, that kind of thing. Mm. There's a lot of options like that in KiwiSaver now, socially responsible investing. Um, that people can look out for. There was a woman lawyer at the session who said that it was very important to teach women to be braver. And she said she had three or four daughters and she said that they, she's trying to train them to ask questions and one of them's now gone to university and at the end of, comes home at the end of the day and her mum says to her, did you ask some questions in the lecture today? And the girl says no and the mother says, you've got to ask some questions. And the girl said something about she didn't really want to ask a question unless she knew what the answer was, which is... Um, it's great. Yeah, well, it's, it's not really great. It's a great it, example, I mean, yeah. Yes, yes, it, it's terrible. And, and it, that really is true, you see, in all sorts of situations in classrooms or in uh, conferences or seminars, workplace meetings, who ask the questions. Very, very often there are more men asking the questions than women. And women have got to learn to... You know, it doesn't make you look like a fool so often. When I run seminars and, and people say afterwards, oh, I, my question was too dumb, and I say, no, no. If you ask a question that seems basic, you can bet anything you like there are quite a few other people in the room who really want to know that same question. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not a silly thing. Small initial investments um, enable people to just put a little bit in. In KiwiSaver, you're allowed to be in more than one fund, and you're not allowed to be with more than one provider, but you can be in more than one fund. And if you're 
a bit conservative, and this all applies to men as well as women, of course. If yeah. you're in a conservative fund because you don't want to see the markets go up and down, you can ask your provider to move maybe a quarter of your total money or a third of your total money into a riskier fund and just watch that going up and down and know that it's not your total amount of money. That might give you a bit more confidence, really. Another point that was made was the language that's used around investing. They talk about beating the market, which um, Gillian Boyce suggested means uh, you're involved in combat and competition, and that's yeah. sort of more of a blokey thing. Talking about level playing fields, which is sort of a sports illusion. Talk about building portfolios, which is sort of about construction. And she or somebody there said, what about using cooking or sewing images or something like that, which, mm. which is sort of sexist, but there you go. Okay. Uh, one interesting thing that Gillian did... Um, it's more like was, benefiting from the market rather than beating the market, yes, right? Yeah, You're riding the yes, wave of the market. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a nice surfing analogy. Yeah. Yes, yeah, which isn't... Well, it's interesting. When you go to a surf beach and look at the people coming off the surfboards, I, I often think they're all men, but when you look at them all coming in off the beach and get a closer look at them, you know, a lot of them women. <laughs> yeah. They're, and they're not all young and blonde either. <laughs> There's all sorts of people coming off those surfboards. Um, Jillian did an interesting thing. She Googled the word investor and ah. got the images, the Google images came up and she showed us a page with the pictures of the images. Okay, you might do it do right that, now, yeah. Jesse, and see what, see what comes up. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, a couple of men there. We're solving the world's problems. Two yeah. more men. And then there's one woman. She's about 20, 20 down the search. Quite an attractive woman yes. leaning over a, a balcony. Yeah. And then back to lots of men. Yeah. Lots of men. And what uh, what ethnicity are they? Well, they're white, obviously. They're all white, yeah. I think, just about. And they're nearly all male. And and that's just quite interesting as far as the just the images that people tend to use in their presentations or on the front of their brochures or or whatever. That's something that could be changed fairly easily. Yeah. Um an idea I had coming out of the session was I don't know about the fe- you, if you know about the fearless girl statue in in New York. Do you do, know about yeah. that? Now, did yeah. that come at the same time as the bull, or was it was it? It was quite later? a lot later than yeah. the bull. So, for people who don't know about it, there's a fantastic statue of a bull. He's he's 11 feet tall. I was reading about it a bit more. The bull is. Yes, he's ah. 11 feet tall, so he's a big bull, and he's in in the streets in New York near Wall Street where all the action happens, and he's there to symbolise. Prosperity. The people that put the ball up said he's there to symbolise prosperity. And then quite a few years later, another company got a statue made of a, a girl who, and people might want to Google this and have a look at the pictures because they're great. It is. The girl, is, she's quite young. She looks about eight or something like that. And she's standing there facing the ball, facing down the ball. And the idea of that was to show women and girls that, you know, investing isn't scary. But but since um, that was placed there, the girl was placed there, the people that pulled the bull up complained because they said it changed the bull from symbolising prosperity to being made into a villain, and they didn't like that. And so I think they're moving the girl. They've been looking at moving the two statues. But in the meantime, the whole whole controversy around it has 
raised the image of girls being investors and girls being interested in the share market. And I thought, God, I wonder, it'd be neat if somebody in New Zealand would make a statue like that to go and, outside uh, the, the stock exchange or something. Yes, yeah, very yeah, clever. Yeah, do cool. Google it if you, are, if you, if you, if yeah, you get a chance. They're, yeah. they're quite beautiful statues, both of them. Yeah, yeah. Now, have we got any other... I think that's all for us today, um, but yeah. I welcome your feedback on it. 2101 or jesse at radionz.co.nz. Oh, let me throw you one in just to wind things up before we leave, yeah. Mary. Yeah. I'm wondering if women are more emotionally vulnerable to circle investments. And what are the risks? Do, do we know what circle, circle investments are? Circle investments. Mm. Oh, well, let me put it to you this way. Are women more emotionally vulnerable as investors in general? And you would think perhaps they are. You know, I'm not sure how that would be measured. I mean, I think the image of women is more vulnerable in all ways because they don't tend to be as physically strong as men. When you look at the statistics on who bashes who up, you mm-hmm. know, and, and domestic violence and that, it's, it's, it's certainly not all one way, but it's largely one way, isn't it? And, mm. and I wonder if, and possibly it's partly around women caring for children that they they feel the children are vulnerable too, so if they're holding the children there, uh, and and whether that transfers through into investing. Certainly the research shows that women do tend to feel more worried about losing money, Mm. but there are plenty of ways you can invest without worrying too much. If you diversify widely, you're not going to lose the lot, and if you've got a 10-year horizon... If it goes down, it's going to come back up again. And once so, again, I'd just add in here, if you came to the conversation late, that uh, Mary's talking about uh, statistics that show general trends and differences between the genders and in investing and is not making any point about uh, how they should no. be or how individuals necessarily act. Or, and she's Absolutely. certainly not saying that there should be any differences, but that's just a bit of a snapshot of the way things look at the moment, and yes. she's one of the people trying to change that. Thanks, Mary. Indeed. Nice to have you in. Thanks, Cheers. Bye-bye. Mary's going on holiday for a few weeks, but she'll be back again in her regular slots.